Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners. Today, we honor the OD Network that's having their annual conference that begins this week. And we've only thought it appropriate that we, we use some of their work. So today's topic evolves around the global OD model prepared by them. And we're entitling this Seeing Through the Bramble of Internal OD Work, uh, which serves as a guide to let us know where the parameters of our work begins and ends, and sometimes the, uh, uh, the uh, unclear edges uh, of our work. So enjoy the episode. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. I'm thinking about the ODN uh, conference that's coming up in the first week of June. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what people have to say and hope that we can get some of those people to come join us in conversation. But the, um, the OD Network did create a global model for organizational development work to be used to help people develop their skills and round out where maybe they don't have much experience or skill. And I was thinking about one of the things I loved being an internal OD leader was being able to work across so many different things. <laughs> I loved, I loved the variety. And because you know I worked in it 25 years, I have a lot of depth and, and breadth. But the one thing I did struggle with as an outside OD practitioner is I didn't like the narrow contract that might be made for whatever it was, whether it was come in and develop high potential, come in and help us fire this person, come in and talk to us about change approaches. So I'm celebrating the richness of working inside and also the difficulty of wearing a ton of hats and how confusing that can get. So within that, um, I'll mention the broad categories and then maybe we can just say what we did and see how they fit. So one is system change expert. One is an efficient designer. I'd like to hear the discussion behind some of these. The business advisor, credible strategist, an informed consultant. Um, so I wanna start with systems change. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'd like to... Um give some context. Uh, I, what I like about having this conversation and for regular listeners, I said this many times in the past, I've asked you, Joyce, you know, it, it seems to me, you always seem to be in the right place, having the right conversation or doing the right thing to help move the organization along. And I didn't look at it in the context of different hats that you wear. Mm -hmm. But I, I think as a seasoned OD practitioner that you are an executive, you are able to really adeptly understand not only the hat that you're wearing, uh, but also to be able to, to, to change hats given the situation or uh, the task. So, I mean, have, this conversation I think is a tribute to your uh, being really a well-rounded OD professional. Well, I thank you for that. And as we all tend to look at our deficiencies first, I can remember when I would have three hats on at the same time and everybody was confused, including me. But I will say that the thing about working internally 
is you can get to the right place at the right time and ask uh, yes. the right questions because you have so much context. And as long as you don't sit in your office and define yourself as narrow, I, I traveled wherever I wanted to travel without permission, gently, yep. but I pollinated. So anyhow, under system change experts, I think we did a lot of work. Under that is a change leader, culture builder, innovator. Um, we had in the United States, starting at Hannaford and then developing with Food Lion, a very robust, everybody participating culture. Yeah. I mean, it, even at, uh, after I left, I think sometimes it, it got too programmed to say, let's pull together 300 people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's solve the problem that way. Um, and I think we could dig into that at another point because I think there was an arc to how we built a highly participative, well-rewarded, fun, energetic, well-managed, because if you're in food retailing, you better be <laughs> well-managed because you don't have much profit margin. Um, and so I'm thinking of even on new format development, we were there on changing how you measure what comes in the back door and goes out the front door, which is very complex. We were in on that. Um, Remember, we revolutionized the organizational structure in a store yeah. from top down to a more flat participative uh, yeah. in the grocery store. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think this one uh, of all of them, uh, because the world is in such chaos and change is the norm, this is a pretty important hat. Um, yes, and I know that we did high impact work and I, when I look at that, I go, how on earth did we do that? And I'm not sure we're being articulate enough. But sometimes it was to hook up with an outside expert. Yeah. And sometimes the organizational need drove it. So the, uh, the building of a new warehouse and having the old warehouse having some labor issues. We wanted, I'm giving this as an example. Yeah we decided let's take, let's ask the warehouse that isn't working, how they would like it to work and then transplant that to the new. So it, it, that group that wasn't so happy began to design how they would like it to be and began to create that. But we ended up with a self-managed warehouse in New York that was world-class that people came to visit and it had to be tweaked because they were spending no two thirds of their time on development <laughs> or <laughs> proof that you had learned something before you could get a raise. But these were big changes. Yeah. You know, what strikes me is, as I'm listening to you, uh, what I think enabled some of the really impactful change work, the real fundamental systems change, there seemed to be a strong partnership between OD and the top leaders in the company. Uh, uh, I don't know how you see it, but I, 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 I think change can be a hat that you feel like you've got to be the subversive one that's out there making it happen. In the really big changes that you've described, typically you had a partner. 
um, you know, either a curious leader or someone who was uh, agitated with the status quo. Um, is that how you thought? I think that OD practitioners inside or executives inside a company can only do as bold a work as the top leadership team can allow. Yeah. If not bless. And I think that we had a unique bunch of people at a unique point in time. I really do. And if actually, if you look at a lot of the upper C-suite people we worked with in the beginning, they all had backgrounds in education, a mother or a father or a dad or uh, so the whole learning organization thing. Oh, I thought about that. Forgot about that. I created a global model and uh, system of global learning. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a bias and I'm gonna I want to move on to the others, but yeah, my bias is of, of the hats that OD practitioners wear, this one to me is perhaps the most important and impactful. And so if you need to go to school to learn, uh, it is well worth educating yourself on change system models. Um, you know, maybe immersing yourself in the business so you understand it more profoundly. But this, I think this is one of the, you know, if, if we were to size the hat, um, and I hope I don't say it about the other four, I think it's one of those the, little teeny hats. <laughs> they're big hats and small hats. I think it's a big hat. I, I think they all work together. Because if you go right down, the next one is efficient designer. Okay, let's go there. A process consultant, a data synthesizer. Um, and I'm thinking of... Um, working with Bernard Moore. Hello, Bernard, if you want to get in, come talk to us, come talk. And STS was a very meticulous way to design and change processes and that it's almost falls under organizational efficiency or, yeah. And so um, that's, I helped a lot on the people side of that, but not so much on the technical. And that fell under a lot of times with project management yeah, we became very big on project management, and it's almost like OD would borrow from project management, and project management would borrow from OD. Uh, but both, and we were good at this at our level, but below the levels, there was competition there. Yeah, yeah. Can I? Uh, so I'd like to get a little tactical on this one because that it seems like it's a pretty high level kind of looking down on the organization. Uh -huh. And and seeing where they're well, it's get, it gets pretty granular. Well, that's where I was going to go. I I remember uh, part of the efficient design is you know not only looking at where power is in the organization, but where it isn't. Uh, what groups that are critical to process design aren't talking to one another. So I I think there's a lot of granularity in this particular hat. And also, this is where. Um, a decision-making model <laughs> matters. Oh yeah. Who gets to decide what? Where? Where is it? And I, I had like an hourglass almost. First, you fill up with ideas, then you get really tight about measurements, then you broaden that, and you keep doing it. But it's um, project management fits under here. Measurement of satisfaction. There's yeah. there's a lot. I, yeah. So anyhow. Pretty huge. 
So yeah, well, there I go. The system change person. Yeah, we got really big hats. <laughs> really big well, hats. But, but you're absolutely right. How integrated, at least certainly the first two are. Talk to me about business advisor uh, in the ODN model. Tell me a little more what you believe that means. Well, it kind of fits in with informed consultant, but I was, I loved the food retailing business. And I kind of butted into things like um, creating a new format store. Yeah. It was a big deal. For those of you who aren't in food retailing, you may not know that. But um, I went around and did a lot of individual conversations to be a catalyst for strategy. Uh, and I remember selling with nuts and bolts and figures about uh, healthy culture and how it aids retention and all that. And I was a trusted advisor for my insight, which sounds crazy, but at the table, I would say I asked good questions that people that were bred in the system might not see to ask. Um, this may be informative to our listeners today. You, you certainly had credibility uh, at the table to have uh, your thoughts and ideas about uh, what we should consider. What would you say to our listeners? Um, I look at grocery stores. You have such credibility if you come up and grow through the system. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone who hasn't been there in the real um, profound, deep business context through doing it beforehand, which you didn't have, right? Well, you, I had, didn't, yeah. mm -hmm. you had a love for groceries, but you didn't have that kind of in-store experience. Well, how, how do you overcome that? Well, I'm thinking when I was coming for my interview for this job, I went for the first time into a Hannaford store and talked to a store manager and said, do you have an annual report? <laughs> Tell me about what you do and how you feel about it. I was an eager learner and I knocked on doors to find out. And also I got bruised quite a bit. Like I'd call a meeting on a day that any retailer would know, you don't have to call a meeting on Wednesday for Pete's sake, that's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um, and I was results oriented. Yep, yep. Uh, I liked to get something important done. And, um, and it wasn't at the table until later. It was individual conversations. Yeah. Where I would go and say, tell me about pricing. And then they'd say, well, you know, we're creating a new format. And I'd say, well, I can come and I'm really good in the area of innovation. I lecture in it and I'll just come be a fly on the wall. And they'd say, no, you're going to come facilitate. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you I think you nailed it because the the in by virtue of the 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 definition business advisor well if you aren't steeped in the business it's pretty hard to be a business advisor and I think it was your curiosity your passion for the business and your um, ability to go and find and learn uh, in a way that uh, made you that credible credible yeah I think and I think having fresh eyes and listening and respecting the business as it was, I just could ask different questions. Yep. No, you did. Uh, and you did do that. So let's go to the next one. Credible strategist. <laughs> Influencer, <laughs> collaborative communicator. I love this one. Cross-cultural navigator. 
So talk to me about that. You talk, you talk. I just framed it up. I want you to put the hat on and tell us what it's Cultural navigator, man. Oh my gosh. I am, I have a great handout on this where I once did a stand-up program on uh, what it's like to work across cultures and to travel and get off the plane and go to a meeting and be half asleep and um, <laughs> do everything wrong. Anyhow, um, the credible bothers me. I'll tell you why. Why not just strategist? It assumes that an OD person wouldn't be credible and that you have to uh. get it. And you do have to have credibility, but you can do that a lot by listening. And also, I remember I used to facilitate heavy duty stuff on the sale of stores and trying to get EBITDA right and cash flow, which I called cash glow. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That was great because you can see it travel, you know, it should be neon as it goes across the P&L. I think the collaborative communicator is really important. So before before I would launch, I did a learning organization model presentation to the board. And I went around to the most heavy duty influencers in the company that scared me, okay? Sweaty Mm -hmm. sweaty knees going in. Um, a, A wonderful man in Greece said, Joyce, you've created the Taj Mahal. (laughs) <laughs> of learning <laughs> I, I'm not sure that was a compliment or a, it was not a compliment I didn't think so <laughs> he said you create a worldwide system of learning we just want people to share to sell more groceries <laughs> so um, the collaborative communicator you've got to I, I write about this you do not know better any OD pet person that keeps saying they don't get it makes me crazy. Wow. You don't get it. Well, not only that, but you literally, uh, you become invalidated as being able to wear many of the other hats yeah. because it becomes confrontation. You don't get it. I do. I know you don't. Um, okay. Yeah. I think cross-cultural navigator. Well, you and I did workshops on that. Oh yeah. 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 And um it took a lot of irritation out of the system to laugh at how crazy we all were. Everybody agreed that the U.S. were just arrogant and thought they knew everything. Yeah. Um, everybody thought Greece would have any rules no matter what. And all they wanted to talk about was food. Same with Belgium. Belgium thought Americans might as well plug a, a tube into their, you know, be fed through a tube and get it done so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Get it over. So I'm I'm going to go to the last one uh, of of this model: informed consultant, self aware leader, equity advocate, lifelong learner, and practitioner. It's a lot of OD speak in this mm-hmm, description. Mm-hmm. Informed consultant. Well, I think self aware leader. They're meaning the use of self. Yeah. You know, to where you have to. Um, It's tricky because you can't be overly self-aware, but you have to ask about your impact. I oh, in another piece of writing I've done, I said it's your task to ask. 
If you're yeah. at the manager level or above, it's your task to ask. Um, but the use of self, so being aware of what you're feeling so that you can say, why don't we ever talk about the pain in selling stores? Mm. I'm feeling attached to this company that we're going to sell. I've worked with it. I've developed their leaders. Is anybody else feeling uncomfortable? That, so that kind of thing. Um, equity advocate, I think, must be diversity and inclusion. You know what? I, I, I see that, and you can level set it. Uh, equity advocate would be uh, making sure that all voices are heard. Mm -hmm. uh, it can mean... Um, you know, uh, getting pay, 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 pay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's, uh, we've got a couple more minutes. Um, there are probably more hats than that uh, we could have talked about, but. Uh, well, name a couple. I was always brought in on tough terminations. Yeah. So, um, you know, that may fit under uh, business advisor and form consultant, but yeah, tough terminations is one. You and I um, were always brought in in crisis, whether it was a health thing or a selling of a company or um, personal crises. Uh, you know, HR and OD would work together. Yeah. I, I see oftentimes uh, when a new leader is transitioning into a role, Mm -hmm. uh, they want an OD partner to kind of uh, shake things up and mm -hmm. uh, kind of shift uh, the conversation or the culture. Uh, if there was a really naughty team, uh, I did a lot of team building only to get filled with <laughs> knowledge of what's going on. I never was, quote, too good. I never said, well, why don't you get somebody else to do that? Because yeah. I gathered so much information. Yeah, you'd like to think that every leader should have a hat that's called truth teller. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think whether you're HR or OD, yep. you've got to be able to tell your truth as you see it. Yep, um, and to, and to um, bring the hidden bombs, <laughs> the yeah. minefields. Yeah deactivate them or have them explode or but yeah saying what nobody wants to hear you know i'm thinking this could easily be another uh, nine-part workshop kind of delving into this but uh given its time is there anything you'd like to kind of end with or share i loved the richness of roles working inside a large company if you are an EOD practitioner in a large company and you feel constrained, get out and move around and ask a million questions. Yeah. You know, uh, one that I have, this, this model in all likelihood existed for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I wish I had had access to it before. It would have made sense of a lot of things that I was involved in and you were involved in. I don't know whether it would have changed the outcome, but it, it helped put some uh, structure to the role. It gives you a map. A map, great. That's and I'm, I'm thinking uh, I'll offer it for on our website or on our Facebook page. I took the work that we did and turned it into a like, like a bank folder of products 
because they were all, it was all invisible work and I made it visible. And that did a lot for establishing OD in food retailing. Okay, so we've committed to getting that on our Facebook page. Um, I'd like to thank you for the conversation that we've had today. I think it's an important one. I was a little apprehensive when you suggested it, but- uh, <laughs> That's how it's good. It is good. Yeah, you talk about uh, sweaty knees. So, uh, yeah. hey, uh, listeners, if you liked what you heard today, let us know. If we said things that you think were uh, didn't ring true to you, we want to hear that on our Facebook page. We'd love to have uh, a content. Visitors. Us. We want visitors. Come on in, grab a snack. Well, thank goodness, Joyce, because you didn't start with come on in, grab a snack. Welcome. So I'm glad you ended it with it. <laughs> Food matters. Popcorn matters. Oh, God. Okay, okay everybody. We'll till the next time. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.